Schönen guten Tag and Ni Hao. As part of the Austrian Embassy in Beijing, the Cultural Forum and Office of Science and Technology proudly presents its podcast, Let's Talk Future. In this episode, I would like to introduce to you the Chinese scientist, anthroposoph and founder, Joe Lei. In our podcast, he shows passion, commitment and outstanding knowledge when it comes to the topic of water. He teaches at the School of Oceanography at Shanghai Jiao Tong University and is the director of the Oriental Danology Institute. Hi, my podcast friends. My name is Joe Li. I'm an anthropologist based in Shanghai. I established one independent think tank called Oriental Danology Institute, focused on eco solutions on water degradation and also ecological design for kids. And every year we would do one or two theater projects because we think theater as is Latin roots canals means something we can see. We can see the structure, the invisible, invisible structure. So to design ecological theater is actually our endeavor to combine all the perspective we, we can get access at and communicate to wider public why we should engage in the water issues head on and trying to find a solution to combine us together. I think the first vignettes or small story I would like to share is uh, my research topic as a doctoral student back in 2005. By the time I'm still a journalist working for Xinhua News Agency, I work as a feature writer. I have done many field work about damming in Southwest China. At the same time, I did a lot of uh, research about the urbanization and the pollution. And finally, I chose a small lake in Kunming City, situated in southwest Yunnan province. As you may have known, Yunnan province, connecting toge together with uh, west and northwest China, is a massive fauna flora cornucopia. It actually defines what China is and what China could be. It's not just important in terms of the material resources, but also important for spirituality. If you're trying to understand the importance of chi Chinese civilization, the Yangtze Delta and Pearl River Delta, now they call themselves Great Bay uh, Area, obviously is very important, but culturally speaking, China starts or originated from its northwest mountain ridges. We actually mountain people. But more and more we are moving towards a lowland people. And somehow a little bit uh, more awkward, we are turning one dimensional people, which is digitalized people. So that's just a very, uh, very simple kind of a summarize of uh, the research framework we're trying to engage with. Because of uh, journalistic research, I found many similarities and uh, resemblance. When we analyze why almost every Chinese city is witnessing drastic and gruesome environmental degradation in 1980s and 90s, and uh, start to have this witnessing the peak day of uh, pollution in the beginning of 2000. There must be some reason behind. So 
with that idea in mind, I start to choose the lake pollution and to see why lake pollution has always have something to do with a political paradigm shift, economic models, and also spirituality. When I finished my doctor research, I started to follow the water and started to research by focus on Mekong River and Lansham River. It's actually just one river. When Lansham River flow out of China, it become Mekong River. And I follow that river visit all the way down in Laos and especially in Thailand. And I spent one month with Burmese people who seeking shelter when their leaders Aung San Suu Kyi still house arrested. And also, I do some research together with the tribal people living in mountainous region in Thailand, which now more known as Zomia people, people who all live in highland, share many cultural, spiritual resemblance, and they're always on the run. They're always trying to run away from mainstream kind of a governance. So through this physical connection, I start to see what we talking about water has a massive constellation we need to engage with if you really want to understand what is it, the kernel question that combining all water issues. And back to the water topic I, I engage, the, one of the reasons why the lake polluted is because of economic paradigm and urbanization model they follow. They minded huge amount of water. Now before they can get access to water, they already laid out their urbanization infrastructures, which is a drastic water receiving, water polluting kind of massive structures. So before they can turn clean water to be more sustainable use, they actually churning out more polluted water by using their flawed mega systems. So it's a massive system of turning clean water into polluted water and maybe 80% water untreated at all. So in that sense, I came up with the, the first metaphor. The whole pollution start with kind of a, starting with the, using water as a, as a toilet. We turn to use water, but all the way, where all the method we use is basically just flush all the visible pollutant away. But the pollutant is, is not just out of sight and uh, out of mind. It will start coming back, start haunting us. That's the first vignette I, I would like to share with you when we talk about water issues. And starting from 2012, I start to work with uh, my British counterparts in Shavanti village in Amazonian region. And the reason why we do research in, in such a far-fetched place is because we start to find out huge amount of Chinese start to invest in South, uh, South America on GMO soybean plantations. Because GMO soybean plantations need massive piece of arable land and that arable land most of the time situated in the Amazon regions. 
which create another problem is industrial monoculture. And obviously, industrial monoculture demands massive use of the uh, pesticides and also water. So most of the GMO soybean plantation area also a drought-stricken region. Can you imagine drought happening in the Amazonian region? And that's a, fa- uh, that's a fact we're we engaging with. And what's lying behind is three, at least three things. One is modernity as a fluidity. Second, food geography and global trade system. Because of these three things, and not including many others, we are connected through this virtual water footprint. So like the first metaphor of a water closet or toilet, we start to siphoning water from really far-fetched place. And this place can be iceberg in Arctic region, it can be ocean water, and it can also be Amazonian clouds before they turn into rain and finally irrigate local people and give rise to not just local fauna flora, but also give rise to local way of understanding nature. And that's something I would like to share. Another thing I would like to share with you. One of my informants in Shavanti village said, many people say, if you want to conserve nature in Amazon region, you need to kick out of the people, especially indigenous people. But indigenous people say, we are part of nature. We coexist with nature. You cannot just uh, kick us out. But when we design system, no matter the system applied in Amazon region or China, Southwest Yunnan region, or the city I live in, in Shanghai, we always think three things. We must treat the three things together. One is we need to have a continuing culture that we can keep celebrating our culture. The culture of roots define who we are. Second, we need constant growth, that infinity. We pay so much attention on sustainable, infinity, forever growth. And thirdly, we would like to see a harmony, a harmony bet- between human being nature and among human beings. So that's created another trilemma I think we are dealing with. It's obviously important uh, to, to know it's actually impossible for us to have these three things about the same time or simultaneously. One is economic bonanza based on massive use of resources. Culture and continuing. We keep celebrating our cu- culture without deriding, without having some stereotype to other cultures. But at the same time, we need to find uh, specific materials to sustain us, which is now delivering here as a Chinama, perplexing us. So this is basically three vignettes I'm trying to share with you, which I have no final answer. But one thing is for sure, imagine water as an wa- architecture is combine us. So in order to, to remember it and to use it, 
to respect as an architecture. I think it's imperative for us to imagine ourselves not just as human beings, but as water-bound species. And as water-bound species, we need to follow upon the trout example. It's kind of fish. Trout never built ballisk. Trout never built tower. Trout always swim in the river. No matter you build dams in front of it, in front of it, or basically it's a dead end. It constantly using its fluidity as ontological real things to sustain or to corroborate to prove its constantly flow, and this answer is always in the flowing water, like in the famous Bob Dylan song. The answer is blowing the wind, as in this case, the answer is flowing the water.